Thank you so much for joining me today or tonight or whenever you decided to hit that play button or turn on that radio dial. I really appreciate it, y'all. And I have here with me my owner, my coach, owner of the year. Uh, what else? Um, we've got so many titles right now. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hall of Fame strong safety. You know, there you go. One. Hall of Fame. I'm sure you I knew you was gonna add to it. <laughs> Eddie Gage, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Got off work today early, so feeling pretty good. All right, fantastic. Glad you made time for me, brother. I know that you spend a lot of time traveling, and I know that you spend a lot of time working and stuff. So thank you for being here. No problem. I we will be going over the semifinals and the championship games as well as the recent signings. There have been some interesting signings that I definitely wanted to get this man's opinion about. Followed by um, the King Awards with Isaiah King. He decided to give out some rookie awards that I thought was very interesting. And then we're going to have our fourth and goal interview that features new tight end for the Arizona Scorpions, Will Todd. And linebacker, new linebacker for Arizona Scorpions, Mr. Sean Moore. So this is going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to bringing it to you. And we're getting ready to start things up right now. So, Eddie, SFLM had a fantastic season, man. It just just seems like everybody is kind of um, understanding, especially the coaches. They're getting a great understanding. Um, of the playbooks and everything. Some of the returning mm-hmm. players were true stars this season. You can kind of tell that on the field. What was your thoughts? Um, you know, with another season comes more experience coaching with those guys. A lot of guys came back coaching. And as they get more tenure and more time down there, it's only going to get better. So you can see it on the field, the talent level, you know, as they progress throughout the season combined with that coaching, experience, you know, getting getting more and more of it. It's just going to bring out the best of all parties involved over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first up, we have the semifinals round, which is absolutely amazing. Anybody that missed it, you can definitely go back and check it out on the SFL's YouTube channel, Must Watch. But the first game was the Salt Lake City Rustlers taking on the... Um, Albuquerque Adams. Mm-hmm. And that was an excellent game to watch. Hold on, let me get my notes back right quick. And Salt Lake won 33 20. Um, I did get this wrong. I said that the Adams was going to pull this win out, and they did not. So I'm sure 
Isaiah is going to give me uh, uh, some grief about that. Sure. <laughs> um, Salt Lake had 281 yards passing, 65 yards rushing, for 346 yards total. Their time of possession was 25 minutes, 46 seconds with one mistake. The Adams mm-hmm. had an unbelievable season, by the way, um, but, but they had 214 yards passing this game, 100 yards rushing, 314 yards total. Their time of possession was 18 minutes and 10 seconds with three mistakes. So, Eddie, what do you think changed with the Albuquerque Adams? They were undefeated um, with the whole season that way, um, had three turnovers. They put up more yards um, rushing than Salt Lake City. Um, what do you think happened? Those teams just played each other a week earlier, and, and Albuquerque blew them out. And you just wonder, you know, anytime something like that happens, you have a quick turnaround. You wonder if those coaches, well, you know Salt Lake City made change because they got blown out. They had to. And you just wonder what changes, if, if any, uh, Albuquerque made. And uh, they have an experienced coaching staff over there with Swole and uh, you know, those guys. So you just wonder if they made any changes. I don't know. I didn't I didn't ask them, but uh they just could not sustain drives. They got turnovers all over the place they finished with three. And uh they just could not get their offense going. I mean, the stats say otherwise, but a lot of that came late, you know, <laughs> when it, the game is pretty much in doubt. And uh Albuquerque they, they turned them over twice early on and turned both of those opportunities into touchdowns, I believe. And before you before you knew it, they had a big lead. Excuse me, Salt Lake City had a big lead, and Albuquerque could just never, you know, recover. Right. They got a pick six late in the second half or before halftime, but that was a smoke and mirrors because Salt Lake City had their number all game. Very true. So much so that Tommy Utah was the player of the game. He's yeah. their quarterback. Thirty attempts out of I'm sorry, uh, thirty completions out of forty five attempts, two hundred eighty one yards, two touchdowns. And his quarterback rating is 89.2. Another great game to watch was the flight, San Jose flight taking on the Tacoma Grizzlies. And the flight won 35 to 19. The flight had 171 yards passing, only 129 yards rushing, with 300 yards total. Their time of possession was 21 minutes and 11 seconds with two mistakes. The Tacoma Grizzlies had 235 yards passing, but only 85 yards rushing for 320 yards total. Their time possession was 22 minutes and 49 seconds with four mistakes. So, Eddie, do you think that the turnovers um, were the catalyst and the reason why San Jose won? Because it, well, and and not really able to get their rushing game off the right way? I think so. Um, I didn't see that game because I was in the airport trying to, get bored and it was chaos in the airport it's another story for another day but uh by the time i got bored you know like i said i, I missed most of that game but uh tacoma has been snake bitten by turnovers all season and they could just never seem to get their offense going um i think they were like um you know one of the uh they were in the bottom echelon in, in terms of passing offense so it was just um you know they just they just could not get it going. I mean, they had spurs throughout the season, but that playoff game was just uh, pretty much uh, pretty much how their season went. And they just could never get out of their own way offensively and led to their demise.
You're muted, Ashley. There you go. Get it, sis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jimmy has his worst player of the game, and this their halfback. Um, he had 25 attempts. I'm sorry, 26 attempts, 133 yards, one touchdown, and went 39 reception yards and one reception touchdown i tell you what jimmy has had a fantastic season this year this he has season. yeah definitely. someone needs to draft that kid he's very electric he's exciting you know he's even very passionate i saw his interview with you several weeks ago and you can tell he's passionate. he's going to be around for a long time and i hope someone drafts that kid because he's uh he's going to be a joy to anyone's locker room definitely and i think they will definitely and it brings us to the championship game. So San Jose Flight took on the Salt Lake City Rustlers and Salt Lake won it all. If you did not check out the Salt Lake City Championship podcast, you can check it out on our YouTube page. I'll leave the link in the description. It was absolutely amazing. Those guys definitely deserve to win. Um, and it was fun just talking to them and getting their feedback on everything. But um, Salt Lake. And I'm sorry, they won 20 to 12, if I didn't say so. But Salt Lake had 260 yards passing, 89 yards rushing, 349 yards total. Their time of possession was 21 minutes, 48 seconds with only one mistake. The flight had 191 yards passing, 87 yards rushing, 278 yards total. Their time of possession, 21 minutes, 22 seconds with one mistake. And man, the only real difference was I think the passing game. Um, looks like Salt Lake was able to pass the ball a little bit more versus San Jose, but rushing was pretty close. Um, time of possession was definitely close and even both of them having one turnover. So what do you think put San um, um, so late. So late. I was gonna say, Sam, Lord, <laughs> so late over the top. Looking back at that game, both teams is man, it almost like they were in each other's huddle because they both came out with similar game plans defensively, um, throughout the game. Um, which if it forced both quarterbacks to you know take the ball down to their court to their tailbacks a lot, and no one could just seen a computer pass deep. And I believe at the end of the first half, the score was like three to nothing or something like that, if I remember right. And, uh, but come that second half, those same, you know, defenses still came out, but both teams took more shots downfield, but Salt Lake was, you know, able to take advantage of some cover two looks that they were given. And man, a couple of those passes just barely got over the linebacker's hands and, and uh, to their receivers and they were able to capitalize and got a couple of long scoring drives uh well, excuse me passes downfield for touchdowns and that was a difference in the game salt lake city they came up that second half they just were not to be denied they got so close you know and they weren't about to come away without a, a win and uh congratulations out to those guys tommy utah he did his thing and uh they got the w definitely and it wasn't tommy utah that got a player of the game it was actually his wide receiver ace shot that's right he had like seven catches i think exactly seven receptions yeah. 174 yards one touchdown and went 24.9 yards per catch so yeah. again great season sflm season i think this is probably one of the most exciting seasons for sflm that i've seen um mm. just because you didn't make it to the dance just because you didn't win the championship do not think for one second 
that you're any less valuable, that you're not important, that the progressions that you did make and everything that you did do went unaccounted for. We had a, a heck of a we had a heck of a time watching all of y'all do your thing. I wish mm-hmm. all of you the best of luck in the draft. Um, and just keep your head up. Sure, I'll be doing the uh, broadcast of the draft first round on Saturday. So I look forward to seeing where these guys are going. Nice, 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 nice. And it's, that's going to be very interesting. And I'm sure um, that it's going to be some surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that it's probably going to be some heartbreak too, but we don't know until we go there. But again, guys, don't be discouraged. You know, um, things happen for a reason. There have been some people that returned back to the SFLM, whether they didn't have the position that was offered. Yeah. And they wanted to kind of stick to what they were planned. And you see how much they made a difference, you know, by even going back to the SFLM. So, hey, you go back to the SFLM, you might walk away with a championship ring. So it's all the way in how you think of it, you know. The advantage of returning is the guys in the SFLM, they progress faster True. than the pros. And so they they make a choice to uh, return because they want to develop their player faster and become more of a uh, commodity for people looking to draft, you know, those places, those positions. So it's all about a strategy. And, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to be patient and continue to develop your player, or if you want to take a chance and uh, come out in the draft, it's, it's always interesting to see what those, what decisions those guys make and why. So let's see how that how, uh, unfolds this weekend. Absolutely. Now let's move on to the signings, man. There have been some crazy things going on, like some really surprising things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I would say some of my top ones were the three amigos <laughs> with uh, <laughs> Doug Day, um, Brian Craven, and Cameron Collier heading over to Louisiana to help them out. They also add Otis Boudreaux, too, that was mm-hmm. playing for uh, Las Vegas last season. Mm-hmm. Um they also added Mike Ryan, too. Yeah. Um, so they have a star-studded uh, cast of characters over there, man, to be able to to help them out. So they're going to be somebody to look out for. That, and combined with the fact they got great coaching over there, they have one of the more aggressive defenses in all the SFL. Um, Gerald does a great job, you know, exposing offenses for their weaknesses and you know, I think he, I think his team led the league in turnovers last year, if not one of the top guys in turnovers. And uh, all those people that they added is just going to be, is going to just give them an added dimension. That in the fact that, you know, bringing on their fullback, Cameron Collier from, from Lone Star, and in my opinion, and I don't, second place is even close. He's the best blocking fullback in the entire SFL. If you go and look at the tape, he is knocking linebackers back two, three yards off the ball. And imagine him blocking for Streeter. It's going to be a sight to see. And man, get <laughs> you better put your uh, your helmet on tight. So <laughs> that's going to be a day in the office trying to you know, bring that duo down. So we're going to see how it plays out. Definitely. I think another surprising one was James Richards going over to help out the Los Angeles Likings in, you know, more ways than one. And I was like, okay, so that's going to be very interesting to see how they all mesh together, how they all gel together over there. 
that's going to be very interesting. Uh, James Richards came from Houston. Mm-hmm. Didn't get opportunity over there, but he used to coach uh, over in Florida, I believe, for like three or four weeks the previous season. Uh, he's a former owner in Indianapolis. And uh, unfortunately, some things happened and he took a hiatus. So uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all. I wish LA the best of luck. Oh. So be <laughs> hanging there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, there you go. That's all you can do, man. Um, it was interesting to see Tina and Albert begin heading over to Long Star, too. Yeah, well, uh, Albert got his coaching opportunity over there. And with Tina being, I believe, his wife was fiance. I mean, that yes. was given. Yeah. So who do you think was some, some surprising people that, that, that were added to rosters? A couple of them, I would say... A-star Mira Montez, he he was a receiver in Vegas. Now he's moved to fullback. So that, that was kind of interesting. Um, Jeff Malinich, if I'm saying his name right, Malinich, yes, retired his player, and now he's a punter for Louisiana. Then you got Jeff Duffy, former defensive player of the year. He decided to leave Queen City and going over to Fort Worth, who was already stacked defensively, you know, setting records and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. But I'm sure that Fort, Fort Worth had a uh, favorable schedule last season. So I'm, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with them moving forward. I'm sure Cam's going to give them a tougher schedule this season. I'm, I can only imagine. You know. And we'll see how it plays out. But that defense is already stacked with him on it. Oh, my God. You know, it's just going to make those corners that much better. Definitely. Anybody else that kind of stands out to you as well? Cameron Curtis leaving. Let me see, not Cameron Curtis. Uh, Curtis, all right, what's his name? The logo, leaving Queen City. Mm. Curt- Curtis Stevens, I think his name is. Uh Broadcast partner, it's a shame. I yes, can't right. So you messing up. I think it is Cam Curtis though. Yeah, I think it is. No, that no, he's uh Cam Curtis is uh for work. It's uh, Arnett. Can't think of his Ooh. name. He's gonna curse me out later. Mm, yep, he sure Broadcast is. Broadcast partner. I'm sorry, but he. I'm I know not he's, cutting I, this I know, either. <laughs> I know him as the logo. I know him as the logo. <laughs> he left Queen City and signed with Vancouver, and I did not see that one coming. Uh. I don't know if he's going to be a one, two, or three because previously in Queen City, he was a two. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, he was a one. And uh, Hacker played the two. But then uh, when Hacker left, he, he became the number one receiver. So I'm interested to see what Vancouver... I, I haven't looked at their signing, so I don't know what his value is compared to the other receivers. But uh, where, did, where does that leave Kendra and uh, those guys? So I don't know. I have to wait and see. That was, man, that was a, a good move for Vancouver there. They got a great weapon over there with Curtis. So let's see how it plays out. You know, that is interesting. That is a good point. You know, because Kendra was, she was their number, number two. What number? Yeah, she was number two. Yeah. Okay. But I did know she's she's taking on that assistant GM role too. So maybe with yes, that, it can help, you know. but Ethan Kyle, he moved from safety to corner with Houston. He stayed with Houston, but he's not going to be a corner. He, he was a safety before. 
So with Houston, the, 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 do you know, have you talked to DeMond recently? Do you know of players that were, um, they had to sit out a season? Do you think they're going to be returning to Houston to kind of help them out a little bit? I haven't followed Houston that much. I know they did sign some of their players, but not all of them. Right. Um, there's, there's still a chunk left, so I don't know. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure that's something he probably wouldn't share with me anyway. <laughs> but I don't know, you know. Probably not before the, the contracts are signed yet, because you don't want no more voided, voided contracts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I think that's just, you know, just some interesting moves that were made around the league. And um, Stephen Hacker, he returned as a receiver, and he, he was, I remember he was telling us he was going to retire his player season's end, and I saw he resigned, so I, I wonder what, what the deal with that is, because he was supposed to be retiring his player, but he decided to lace him up and come back. So I don't know. Can't let it go. You just can't let it go. You made plans to try to let it go. Yeah, you just can't do they, it, man. Everyone says they, they want to do it, but it comes time to pull that trigger. Nope. <laughs> nope. Marcus Dunhill coming back, playing for Jacksonville. That was a big one. That is a very big one. That is a very, very big one. Um, Matt South leaving Portland and going to play for Carolina. That was big. Good point. Good Chris point. Curtis, that's his name. Chris Curtis. I knew it would come back. Chris, back see, there you go. There you go. Now you've been redeemed. I hope. I've been redeemed. Sorry. <laughs> Jack Napier, when he when he uh when he made that post or that Twitter announcement that he was re-signing and uh, they kind of kicked him out of the team. And uh, he signed with Mexico City. He is now returning back to Atlanta. So that's a good signing for them. Definitely. And you know, hopefully, I'll be able to have um, I'll be able to have Marcus on the show before the season starts because I'm really interested to know what exactly made him come back. They just get that itchy trigger finger and just like, man, I, I got to throw some more passes. I got to <laughs> I miss it too much, man. I'm just I'm just curious to know what actually brought him back and if Jacksonville was in fact his first choice. So that'd be it's, interesting. It's hard not seeing your player on the field. It, I bet. You, people say it's it's an easy thing to do. I'll just retire your player. Yeah, okay. And then when you hear somebody else's name being called in that spot, you're like, hey man, that used to be me. That used to that <laughs> used to be me. <laughs> oh man, this is good stuff, man. This is good stuff. So looking forward to seeing who else is gonna get signed, who um, who's actually going to be picking up some of these fantastic rookies during the draft this Saturday that will be happening. Um, it will be on our Twitch channel as well. So I'll leave a link in the description for that. And if you want to know any more information about us, if you want to join our Discord, if you want to receive a call from the commissioner, if you want to have direct access to the community um, content page that we all put out, um, please visit our website at www.simulationfl.net. Even if you want to be a broadcaster, go there, fill out the application. We've got a lot of opportunities here that you can not only be a player, but try your hand at stats, try your hand at broadcasting, try your hand at beat writing, because we always need more people. So I would say if you want to talk, talk to Cam to, to get in line and be prepared to wait for a while, because Cam takes like 20 years to get back to you. Oh, yeah. see, yeah, Cam, I said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he gets back with me pretty quickly, so I don't know about the rest of y'all. Well, but... you're the four-time community ambassador, so he's gonna give you a call right away. People <laughs> like me, 
I got to get in line and wait. So I don't. Well, you the one over here scaring everybody, talking about, oh, I'm gonna sell the tea. I'm gonna get what? <laughs> <laughs> you scared the hell out of everybody. Uh, I was asking <laughs> on a I am gonna I was, be a PR person from now on. Okay, uh, just run them I, videos on me first. One. I need one. I'll add you on payroll. There you go. One, one of your nine jobs you already had. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah. But thanks. Thank you so much, Eddie. We'll be back with you um, towards the end. Um, next up, I have the King Awards with Isaiah King, the third. And then following that, my fourth and gold interviews with Will Todd, as well as Sean Moore. Stay tuned. All right, and we are back with Mr. Isaiah King III making his mark on my show and in this league, of course. You know, two interceptions in a championship game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Terrell has come back because he would like to give out some awards um, for, for the rookies that have made the most impact this season. And I'm going to let him take it away with who he thinks deserves offensive, defensive, and special team nods, as well as team, um, overall team nods as well. Okay, so I basically, this list wasn't made uh, based off of activeness. It was really based off of actually how your character did. So um, first and foremost, I did an MVP and I gave it to Douglas Brown because again, like I said, even though we got him, uh, first round of the playoffs, that guy, he's a difference maker on the field. Um, his stats were ridiculous. Um, he produced uh, his 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 production was just it. It had an impact over everything. And it, it made his defense, uh, you know, kind of be able to ease back. It made his quarterback, you know, be able to relax. He, he had a bigger impact than anybody um, at all this year. Um, of course, Salt Lake City was the champs. Um, told you, AJ. But uh, then <laughs> um, offensive, <laughs> offensive player of the year, Douglas Brown. Obviously, like I said, his impact is crazy. Uh, defensive player of the year, I gave it to Dante Graham. Um, you know, he he's always flying around. Um, you know, they come from the same team, which is crazy. But, you know, Dante was always flying around. Um, you know, he had like eight pass deflections. He only had one pick, but he was always breaking something up. You know, uh, gives me a run for my money at, you know, best safety. So uh, I definitely have to give it to him. And then um, I also gave staff of the year to Albuquerque, even though we won the championship, the undefeated regular season, you know, that's really hard to do. And I, I'm not sure if any other SFLM um, team had done that before. So, you know, I went ahead and gave it to them. Um, uh, then I did you know, pretty much by position. Best quarterback was OJ Bruin. Um, you know, OJ is always efficient, uh, you know, makes good decisions, uh, you know, uh, a leader and just helps his team out. He He's a crazy, you know, lefty and, and he'll, pre I'm pretty sure he'll go pretty high in the draft. Um, best back again, Douglas Brown, best receiver. Salt Lake City's own Kelsey Brown. Um, her impact was crazy. 
Um, best tight end, I gave it to uh, Jim Copeland Jr. Uh, you know, he he had the. I'm pretty sure he was a top receiving tight end. Um, and you know he's pretty active and you know he did his thing every week um o-line uh i forgot how to say this you told me but i forgot o-line was peering a barra you told me in chat sorry parent if i messed that up again but you told me uh you're the top o-lineman o-line's hard to do but i'm pretty sure Perrin plays for uh albuquerque um and, you know, their run game was, you know, crazy. Um, and then Perrin was just always active. Um, so, you know, that combination for O-Lyman is kind of hard to judge. But, you know, he did his thing. Uh, defensive lineman definitely had to give it to Robert Crone. Later in sacks from D-tackle, that is such a hard thing to do on the interior. You can be double team, um, you know, every down. And to get the most sacks out of any D-lineman, it was, you know, easy gimme for you. Um, top, my top linebacker, I have to give it to Leon Thunderman. Uh, just gave him his nickname, the Lion, because uh, that man, he he rules the front. He uh, he's everywhere. He is always breaking up passes, uh, stopping any run. You know, Leon, in my opinion, is a top prospect and the top linebacker in the draft. And then uh, top DB was obviously Dante Grimm, like I said, eight pass deflections, you know, um, just always flying around the football, making a tackle, breaking up any passes, uh, like we say in the back end, no fly zone, and that's him. So the Grim Reaper got that award as well. Um, and then for kicker, I don't know how to say this, uh, but it was Pate, Pate, I don't know how to, uh, that's why. I have to tell me that one. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, hey, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That one. Uh, I, I went ahead and uh, gave him top kicker on that one. So um, that was my awards, um, you know, pretty much based off production and uh, what your player actually did on the field. Um, and then again, for the staff of the year, Albuquerque, you know, they just, you know, put it together, even though, you know, they fell short. They, they put it together, so. Okay, that was pretty dope. And I noticed that you were, again, being selfless and not including yourself in those lists. Um, and <laughs> even not too many of your teammates, you know, even though you guys did win a championship, like I said, you know, you decided to give kudos to something else. So that does show um, that you are a fair person, but it's also more of a team thing. It's not about your individual accolades. It's about how others perform too so kudos to you for that sir right thank you all right you're welcome you're very welcome and next up to have my fourth and goal interviews coming right up what's up sfl nation queen aj i just want to say uh thank you aj for uh giving me a minute to uh, record a short video to be a part of the free agent show uh, this evening. Um, you know, I plan on being on next week live. Uh, this week has just been a hectic week, 12 hour shifts. Really hasn't, haven't had a time to uh, do much of anything. But uh, 
I did want to uh, just send a little something just to uh, be a part of the show. Uh, congratulations to all the free agents that uh, got signed. I look forward to seeing uh, how we all uh, become different makers uh, on our squads this season. Uh, thank you, Queen City, again, for uh, giving me the opportunity my first year uh, to show uh, the league what I could do. Um, a big shout out to Albert, man. You, you just don't know how much you helped me always being there when I need a guiding hand on uh, building my player uh, and getting me to where I am now. Uh, man, you get all the credit for that. Uh, and I know you're going to do great over at Lone Star, man. They got a great guy. So uh, God bless you, bro. Uh, and uh, Eddie Gage, I know that uh, you're going to pick right up where he left off. I'm going to lean on you uh, like I did Albert, you know, uh, so that my player can be uh, the best that the Scorpions need him to be. Uh, I knew that when I first heard you talk, um, you mentioned that you were a, a defensive-minded coach. Uh me as well, defense all day. I'm about that D, laying that wood on the field, banging heads, man. Uh, so I know I want to fit right in well there at the team. Um, great locker room. Thank you guys, teammates, for uh, really welcoming, welcoming me, me to the uh, team. Uh, I look forward to the up and downs, man. You know, it's those low moments that bring us two together. So when we get that victory, you know, it's going to be that much sweeter. You know, and the ultimate goal is that ring. Yeah, the playoffs is cool, but that ring is the number one goal. Uh, uh, I see the Scorpions being listed with the night wings, with the legends, with the storm. Um, th that's the expectation, you know. That's the the level that um, I see us being at. Um, so I just look forward to playing my part, playing my role, um, being an asset to the team, being an encourager to the team. Um, so, look forward to hearing this name, Sean Big Dog Moore, in the future. Uh, so, thank you guys. Uh, hopefully, I get a chance to uh, get back on next week live with you guys. And with that being said, it wouldn't be right if I didn't end with that growl. All right, everybody, welcome back to my fourth and goal interviews. And I have with me my new favorite tight end, Mr. Will Todd. How are you doing? I'm good, Ashley. <laughs> How are you doing? Glad glad to be in Arizona. Oh, man. I'm so glad to have you over here. I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. And I remember when you first entered the league, how much of an impact that you made. And Eddie was talking about you, and we were just like, God, I mean, I wish we could just sign Will Todd. 
you know, but we hope that he goes to a really good team. And he did in Atlanta, you know. Atlanta, like, yeah, Atlanta was great. So if it was some way we can get this man on our team, that would be amazing. And look, it happened. That's right. That's right. One year <laughs> later, it happened. That's, uh, I'm, I'm just really excited. Oh, man. And I'm loving the, I'm loving the jersey. I love your video that you did for us, too. Yeah, yeah. That great. was pretty good. <laughs> it, it was fun. It was a short video, but it was still fun. Exactly. It got the point across. That's right. Well, Will, so tell us, what made you decide to test out free agency in the first place? Well, as I said, uh, uh, Atlanta was great. The people were great. Uh, Mark, uh, the owner, was great. Um, uh, and I think in in another situation, I would have probably stayed there. I mean, they were just a great group, group of people. But um, with Jamal Wooding, there was no chance that I was going to be the tight end one. And, um, and while, uh, you know, being number one, quote unquote, isn't necessarily my primary driver to be here. Uh, if you have an opportunity to be a number one in your position slot, you know, I think I think you owe it to yourself to, to give that a shot at least. And so I knew that there were going to be opportunities uh, in the league for a tight end one. And so that's why I went ahead and declared. And uh, whenever uh, uh, you and Eddie started reaching out to me uh, saying that it was going to be a possibility at at uh, Arizona, I just I, that just really amped me up at that point, and, and I was all in. Oh man, and it was good enough. It was good that TJ. Well, things kind of just worked out the way they did. Um, right. The reason why the position was even open for those who don't know is because Jacob McCall wanted to um, be number one or number two wide receiver, and with the Hands brothers, you know, in those positions. Um, unless they decide to leave or unless something happens, um, they were going to be staying in that position. You bet. So he wanted to, you know, find his dream of being number one, which is cool. You know, wishing the best of luck. It kind of hurt to see my buddy go, you know, but he's just going to another team. That's all. <laughs> but then TJ expressed that he wouldn't mind taking over that position. He was like, okay, well, so who's one of the best tight ends out there that wants to, to would want to join? The squad and then you showed up it was yeah. oh my god this is perfect <laughs> it's perfect yeah it was it was a it was a pretty cool sequence of events that uh, that made that opportunity available and and uh, i don't think i've i don't think i've thanked him in the chat but you know thanks tj for for going to wide receiver three and and opening up the slot for me absolutely absolutely and i think um with our wide with the wide receiver three position can be often overlooked um, for somebody that is looking to be for the number one spot. But I know that there were a few games where Jacob McCall helped us tremendously. Came up big. Came up big. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and even with the with the um, kick return touchdown that he had, things like that. So if we utilize properly, which I'm sure you're definitely going to help us with that situation. Um, every 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 person on the team can have a a, a big role whether you'll be an old lineman you know if you can make those tackles and help our, our, our help dj or help me stay upright that's having a major impact on the game that's going to be super important that's exactly right right and while those stats are not necessarily tracked you can tell the impact from those type from how many times i get sacked or things like that so um 
So I know you're gonna come over and help us with the scouting situation, which is amazing because we need it. Mm -hmm. We need it. Mm -hmm. What are some of the? Well, I've still got a lot to learn, but yeah. But what are some yeah, things ahead. that you? What are some things that you're planning to help out, or how do you? Hmm, without giving too much away, how do you plan to kind of help us get over that hump and maybe go deeper to the playoffs, perhaps even the championship? Well, two things. You know, again, I, I hope that the player on the field is uh, uh, starts out and in, and then progresses to be a quality contributor to the offense. I mean, you know, I uh, I I, I offense, um, but uh, but secondly, and and possibly even more importantly. I hope that through the uh, behind the scenes uh, scouting effort and, and anything else that I can uh, uh, help Eddie with, uh, he can he can design game plans that take advantage of the opposing teams, uh, if not weaknesses, weaker areas. Um, uh, things will will gain us, um, you know, a, a couple more games that we wouldn't have necessarily won otherwise. And if we can do that, if we can add two more wins to uh, to the win total, you know, that's going to be big. That's going to be, uh, uh, you know, not only a progression in in uh, Arizona's uh, fortunes, uh, but it puts us, I think, in a really good position uh, in the playoffs, uh, not only just getting there, but then also to go deeper uh, and hopefully uh, hopefully win that chip. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how how important is it? Well, what's the most important aspects of scouting for those who are interested in getting into scouting? What advice can you give? Gotcha. Um, well, you have to understand that if you're going to scout, it's going to take time, uh, time to scout each game. Uh, there are only a couple of people that I know in this league that are able to watch a game and get all the information that they need watching the game in real time. Uh, taping, what's going, it takes time. It takes more time than just watching the game. You still with me? Okay, you froze up. <laughs> so. I am, I am with you. Okay. And you kind of froze up. So if you, if you want to go back to when you were very first talking about it, okay, that's fine. Right. Yeah, um, you have to realize that it's going to take time uh, to do the scouting. Um, you, very few people in this league that I'm aware of so far uh, can watch a game in real time and adequately scout the team that they're looking at. Um, I end up having to uh, take the recorded game and basically stop it after each play uh, to, so that I can you know, make sure that I have got the formation. If I can identify the actual play. Um, and, and of course, that's going to take you a couple of you know, a minute or so each play. Well, when you add that additional time, you know, if the game is a, a, an hour and 40 minutes long, you know, it's going to take you three hours to scout the game. And uh, a lot of people aren't willing to put that kind of time in. So if you're really interested in scouting, you've got to realize it's going to take some time. Um, the second thing is to make sure that you either 
depending on the needs of your team and, and the desires of your coordinators, you need to make sure that you've got uh, an Xbox with the game so that you can actually look up the individual plays or uh, find somebody that's actually got screenshots of that entire catalog of uh, entire catalog of, of uh, plays uh, so that you can, once you've got the formation identified, look up the play if that's important to the to the people on your team. I was just getting ready to start talking and I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> happens to happens to the best of us. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So with that, with some when you're scouting, is it important to actually know the actual plays right offhand? Because I can imagine like someone like me, for instance. I know some plays, but not all six thousand, you know. So how important is it to actually know the place that you're saying to be able to relay that to the owners or the right. coaches? Right. And and different coaches and different owners, um, uh, oftentimes the same people, uh, they have different requirements. So depending on the team you're on, they'll tell you what they need from you. Uh, right. But But as far as knowing the plays right out of the gate, uh, I, I think that's impossible, particularly if you're a young, uh, a new player like myself. Uh, I've tracked football and and played football games all my life, but you know, different games have they they call plays different and things of that nature. And like you said, there is a there's a huge number of plays in this game, and that's why it's important to have the Xbox uh, so that you can go into the playbook and actually identify. Uh, those plays that way, because otherwise, you know, uh, 90 all slants is about the only one I'm going to recognize just instantly whenever a team is running it. Everything else I have to look up. Uh, now, uh, I've gotten to the point now uh, because of the scouting that I that I do in the minor leagues as well, I'm getting more familiar with the plays. But I think it's going to be uh, uh, quite some time for me to get to where I recognize, you know, a significant number of plays and and don't have to look them up. Uh, but I'm willing to look them up because I've got the ability. Uh, I've, I've developed a system at this point to where I can look up once I identify the formation, I can look up a play pretty quickly. And uh, uh, but it still takes time. Definitely. So is it best to start in the minors as far as becoming a scout? I think if you get if you get the opportunity, if you're if you're a minor league player and and the coaches indicate that they have a willingness to train you in that and a desire to to help you learn that uh, end of the game, uh, take advantage of it. And uh, I think the it's just like anything else. The more you do it, the better you're going to be at it. And if you scout for a season or even two seasons in the minors. Um, when you go to the bigs, you know you, you're going to bring it. Uh, you're going to bring a skill set, or at least the beginnings of a skill set, that's going to help you uh, not only be of higher value to that uh, team that you go to, uh, but I think it makes uh, it makes uh, uh, it gives them the opportunity to do better because, as you said uh, a while ago, um, you know it, it's a help to the coaches and to the owners. Um, if, if you're able to do any level of scouting, gotcha. even if you're, yeah, even if you're just starting out. Okay. So are you familiar with legend settings? Well, I mean, I know we went to legends and, and I can tell, and I can tell that 
that the game played a little differently than what I was expecting from having watched the uh, uh, the pro settings or the previous settings. And uh, but as far as the, the all of the nuances of what the differences are, you know, I, I'm still learning that stuff as well. So. So from what you have, the notice the differences that you have discovered in between the two, which one's better? Is legend settings better? Or is it a situation to where the original settings would have been better? Because I think the original reason why they went to legend settings was because they wanted to kind of change the, the win ratio for the home team because it was perceived that the home team was win if you if you were playing a home game, everybody was just chalking that up as a win. You know, I did hear that, um, and I don't necessarily believe that that was accurate. Mm -hmm. I, th I think the perception uh, might have been that you know uh, Denver never loses at home. Let's say, uh, um, but but you know if you but but I mean Denver rarely loses on the road either. You know, or at least they had been the last couple of seasons. So. Um, I'm not sure it had really as much to do with the home team aspect, and and even in even in real life, you know, there is such thing as home home field advantage. So taking it, trying to take it away, I don't think would have been realistic. Um, but I really think the biggest change uh, moving to the legend settings is that um, you're not going to have as many. Um, super backs, let's say, uh, running backs that that you know, rack up 200 and some odd yards a game routinely. Um, maybe it makes the game a little bit more realistic. It makes it harder, uh, but I think it makes it a little bit more realistic. And, and it's kind of, um, I think sometimes that we get too caught up in saying we need to make a, a, ga a computer game realistic. But, um, but I think that that's probably the biggest thing is that it takes away some of those uh, outlandish numbers that you would occasionally see, well, pretty frequently see actually, uh, in some of the other games. Uh, but we still had, even even this last season on legend settings, we still had um, running backs and quarterbacks and so on have monster games. And and I think that 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 also is realistic because occasionally in real life you're going to have a guy break loose and and have a monster game. So. Okay. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Well, so you followed Arizona for a while and you've seen our ups and downs, things of that nature. In your opinion, what do you think needed to change within Arizona to be able to capitalize off um, those those sometimes drop passes that we would get or, or interceptions, I should say, or and things of that nature? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I, you know, if if I know enough about the game to, to really be to be really smart in my answer here to you. No, um, this is what you're just thinking. Yeah, I, I think that the way the game changed, particularly in Legends, is I, I think it changes the way um, uh, an offensive coordinator in particular has to has to plan his passing game. Um, whereas in the previous setting, uh, I watched a number of games where there were, a, a, you know, deep outs or or a deep post patterns would routinely get open and, and you'd connect and you'd have big passing games or whatever. Um, you know, now we're seeing uh, it, it, 
if a coach is calling the same plays, you're seeing more interceptions. And uh, and I think the the folks that change their game more to a a short uh, short crosses, short outs, uh, things of that nature, they tended to throw fewer interceptions. And I won't say that they always through fewer interceptions because there's teams that even tried that that still threw a lot of picks but that may have been based on quarterback progression you know they may not have progressed as far as reading coverage and things of that nature as well as other teams quarterbacks did so um that's probably the big thing that i would say there um is is uh, the the effect of the passing game again you, you, the the number of interceptions um seem to track higher to me uh, once we went to legend settings. True. And then I found out on our roster that I wasn't labeled as a star player too. So that might have had a lot to do with the interceptions, the 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 close games, things like that. Because what happens if I was a star player, you know, would I've had would I've connected those passes? Sure. Never know. Well we'll we'll find out this season how everything's gonna work out. All right. <laughs> Speaking of this season, so I'm getting ready to let you go because I know that you're busy. But That's right. What are your thoughts overall for season 17 and with you being in the desert? Well, again, I'm, I'm really excited uh, uh, with the uh, prospect of, of playing in Arizona. I think that uh, uh, now that we've got all of our um, – all of our roster slots filled. Uh, I think that was great, you know, going out and getting uh, uh, quality free agents, uh, re-signing, uh, you know, some some really important people uh, that uh, uh, maybe we weren't expecting to re-sign uh, when season 16 ended. Uh, Cliff Allen coming back out of retirement, you know, is I think big. Um, uh, so I'm really excited that we're gonna have a quality team to field and and certainly uh you know eddie's coaching is is really good so uh i'm i'm excited for the prospects now of course tonight we find out what the schedule is and we're expecting it to be i think in eddie's words brutal so uh uh you know we'll see just exactly how that plays out but but every team uh, uh you know every game has to be played and i i think uh even looking at the schedule you know not getting too high or getting too low about what the schedule looks like because every game's got to be played and and as as you know from the number of games that you played uh anything can happen uh, you can you can win games that nobody gave you a chance to win and you're going to lose games that that uh are, are you know break your heart because you had the game in the bag and yeah. uh um, we know that recently, don't we? So, yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, uh, uh, I'm just really excited for season 17, and and uh, you know, watching what the other teams are doing with regard to their free agent signings has been has been really interesting, and and uh, the draft coming up in a few days is going to be really interesting to watch too. Yeah, true. And the thing is, it, you're you're definitely right about not knowing exactly how your seasons is going to wind up because. When we saw our schedule for last season, we were like, Ooh, I asked, I asked Eddie, I was like, did you make Cam upset? What did you do? Why do we have all these, you know, difficult teams to play? But then you made it to the second round of the playoffs. So I don't think it is who you're playing. I think it's just how prepared you are during that game. Because yep. you can beat anybody any given Sunday. That's right. Um, Quickly, what did you think about some of the recitings? Anybody that kind of stuck out to you? I think for me, it was Brian Craven 
Doug Day, Clemmer Collier going over to Louisiana. I was just like floored about that. I think Johnny Pickner going over to London was also like, what is going on? Yeah, the, the, the Pickler signing to London, I think that was probably the worst kept secret in the league. Uh, because, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that uh, that he and Chad, uh, uh, you know, are friends and, and have had a good relationship. And uh, I mean, the chat has been talking for weeks about, you know, it was a foregone conclusion. But you're right about the, the three amigos going to Louisiana. Uh, you know, I, w- I, I really uh, am pretty close to Coach Craven and, and uh, uh, I was really uh, happy for them to, to get to a location, uh, you know, that gives them an opportunity to to really contribute to uh, uh, taking that team to the next level as well. And and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna have fun with Ross and those guys over there. And and uh, uh, and that was that was a, a, an interesting uh, that was a better kept secret. Let's put it that way. That was an interesting signing. I didn't know who, I didn't know where they were going. Uh, but I was happy to see that there, there were a number, I, I can't name them off the top of my head. Uh, I'm not, I don't have all the rosters memorized yet, but, but, uh, there were, there were some interesting free agent signings. Um, there were some guys that, that initially opted to go free agency that then went back. Um, uh, uh Saren Storm, for instance, resigned, uh, but he had originally gone into, uh, free agency. So some of that was, uh, some of that was, uh, uh, interesting. Um, but, uh, but now watching the draft, like I said, in a couple of days, um, that to watch everybody plug the few holes that they have left on the rosters is going to be, that's going to be fun. And, and, you know, then you'll, then you'll start being able to, uh, at least in your mind, start stacking teams where you think they're going to end up. Absolutely. And hey, we get to sit back and just enjoy the draft this year. We don't have to worry about trying to fight for anybody. And, you know, rookies, of course. You know, I, I love my rookies. I hear you. Them. I hear you. But this is the only season that I haven't had to do that. So I can just <laughs> sit back. So yeah, it's yeah, going to be great. Awesome. But, Will, thank you so much for coming on, giving us your thoughts. I'm letting us know how you feel, and I'm so glad to have you as one of my other weapons to throw to. So I know it's going to be a a heck of a season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to catching some dimes from you. So there you go. That's right. That's right. Now, you do understand if you miss them, there's some push-ups that has to be. That's okay. I've been working out, getting ready. So, I mean, you know, if I have to drop and give you 10, I'll, I'll do that. All right, sounds good. <laughs> All, All right. right, well, any last, any shout outs, last words before you go? Nope, uh, just uh, uh, thanks for having me on and, and uh, just kind of as a last word, want to uh, once again, give my best wishes to Atlanta and and, uh, and all those guys and, and hope that they have a good season, except when we're playing them. There you go, there you go. Win all the games except the ones we play. Gotcha. There you go. <laughs> all right, thanks, Phil. Thank you. All right, everybody, that is it. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I'm really glad that you were able to kind of come and hang out with us. Um, I did do a community poll, and apparently you guys want to see live shows from me as well as my recorded. So I am looking forward to getting very familiar with OBS software and being able to produce my show unless you know you got some people that want to come out and help me out i would definitely definitely appreciate that just hit me up in the dms let me know what you can do to kind of help out other than that i'll be trying to figure everything out on my own like i always do but i want to thank will tide i want to thank sean moore 
<laughs> I want to thank Isaiah. I want to thank Isaiah King and uh, the third. And I also want to thank you, Eddie, for being on the show, helping me out. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed your show. Say it with your chest, man. Like you got a lot of positive feedback on that. So I'm really proud of you. What do you have to say to the people? SFL Nation, thanks for the love and support y'all showed on the show. I did not anticipate that. Uh, like I said a million times probably already. I did a poor job of promoting it. And uh, to see 51 viewers come out live and listen to me for an hour and a half was something I did not anticipate. But thanks for the love. It's been a long, long off season, but I'm enjoying not having to sim for a while. I'm trying to enjoy all this time off I can. But just know I will be back in the lab and uh, get our playbook ready for week one. Arizona, I love every last one of y'all. We're going to go find a way to compete and make a deep run in the playoffs again this season. I look forward to it. And uh, until the next one. Sounds good, man. We're looking forward to it, man. We always going to roll with you, man. Y'all through, through all the times where we only won four games, the five oh, games, yeah. the 90 interceptions that I wind up throwing. I'm going to have to sign a whole lot of balls during the convention for that. But, yeah, you know, it's going to be worth it in the end when we finally get that ring. All right? That's what's up. <laughs> when we do, right. I'm going to buy everybody on the team a championship ring. Oh, hey, that's going to be really expensive. Just so you know. But we yeah, appreciate we'll it. I, I buy them in spurts. I buy two here, three there. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Baby steps. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much again for coming out and watching us. I'm looking forward to bringing you another great podcast later on this week with the um, rookie, the rookie pre-draft party that I'm throwing. Uh, any rookie that wants to be a part of that, please DM me. Um, tell a friend. Come on through. It's going to have some good times and show these teams why they should select you. But until then, y'all, stay safe, treat each other well. Eddie and Striker.